running up the score. Jerry Napoleonello. This team has been on the clock for four months now. Why are we taking this down to the four-minute mark? You know, you had you have ten minutes here. Ten minutes here, but you've had four months. The dude's got a thousand and twenty-one text messages as he hasn't read yet. Did we did we not like notice that? Kevin Donlin. Bryce Harper's a great player. He's very, very talented. Aside from last year, but I blame myself. I'm pretty sure I'm the reason for that with fantasy baseball. That's disgusting. Wow. I can't believe that's like real. I mean, again, I'm not. I shouldn't hate. I'm not going to be the kind no. of person that hates. No, no hate. He, he hate is doing enough hating for the both of us. As a Cowboys fan, the expectations are so high, and it's just you know you're dug into the ground by the end of the season. You're like you're basically like what the Patriots are, but like like you try to do it, but you just don't. No. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. at least the Jets, you know what I mean? They have excuses. This is running up the score, your one-stop spot for all things sports. Now here's your hosts, Jerry Napoleonello and Kevin Donlin. Running up the score, Jerry Napoleonello, Kevin Donlin back with you for another hour talking sports because they're officially in full swing. But I have to say, for now, at the end of that, uh, because it's been interesting. But first, go leave us a a voicemail at 516-324-8725. We also put some new merch uh, up for the show. You can check those out at www.tpublic.com slash sports. There's so much to get to thus far since our show on Thursday between teams having a bunch of players test positive in the MLB, one player just disappearing, more players opting out of this season in the NFL, NHL and NBA are back in full swing with some great games thus far, and a celebrity icon being the savior for a league that looked all but done if you smell what I'm cooking. So, <laughs> you like what I did there? You know, yeah, I did. That yeah, was really that, good. that was good. That, I thought about it. I thought about it. <laughs> uh, but I guess first we'll start off with the NHL because the NHL is the more interesting out of all three sports so far, being that it's went straight into the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, so as we were talking about last week, basically just how they were going to work out this whole playoff system. And I think thus far it's been working out. I mean, it, it's it's been a pretty cool experience, especially with the uh, the round robin games, being that you know you've had a team like the Boston Bruins play so well during the season, have the number one seed, and then because of the round robin losing their first two games, they can't get higher than the three seed now. Uh, you know, when it comes to that. Uh... I don't really understand the point as to why they had the four teams. I guess it's really just to help them get their legs underneath them. You know, you don't want – then you start to debate whether or not, you know, having the buy throughout this procedure uh, is more, you know, detrimental. When it comes to a buy, though, I feel like there was such a, a big time off, and then you have these other teams – going into a five-game series, playing, you know, their hearts out, first of all, and just playing for their lives, then going into another round against a team that hasn't played in over four and a half months, you know, the 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 advantage goes to the team that just played the series. But when you look at it, I, I think 
these these four teams in each uh, conference they they were they were somewhat close in in record. Obviously, we weren't able to finish the season. There were still some some games left of the season. Anything could have happened. So I guess that was mm-hmm. their fair way of putting it. Like let's do top four teams. They'll play each other once or twice or whatever it is, and we'll pick out the seeding that way. It sucks when it comes to the Boston Bruins because, you know what, you did have the number one seed and you probably would have had the number one seed going into the playoffs and now you can't get higher than a three. But don't get me wrong, that only spells problems for the teams that are going to end up having to play him, like play the the Boston Bruins because the Boston Bruins are a tough team and us being Islander fans, we already know what, what Boston Bruins bring to the ice Every single series, every single game, you know, because for some reason the Islanders can't beat them. And I'm worried that, you know, I I think I think when it comes to the Islanders, I think the Islanders play the number two seed. That's that's what I thought I got out of it. Well, I'm not really, you know, again, it's hard to really look forward. I mean, like they said, everything gets reseeded. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Who's going to win in the Montreal-Pittsburgh series? You know, Montreal just took the lead on uh, Pittsburgh 2-1 to one last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything makes a big difference into who we're going to play. And to be honest, you know, when it comes to the NHL and the playoffs, you don't really need to be concerned about who you're going to play. You know, you look at the Rangers as like a perfect example. And, you know, throughout the season, they absolutely swept the Carolina Hurricanes. And it just seemed like they had their number. But... You know, when it comes to playoff hockey, it becomes a different standpoint. Personally, as a hockey fan and watching hockey for a long time, you need to be a very defensive-minded team to have success in the NHL playoffs. I mean, anybody can score goals. All these teams have stars that can put the puck in the net. Uh, The Islanders as well. But when it comes to defending the goal and, you know, preventing other teams from scoring and that's where you're going to get the you know the wins and losses from and the rangers in that series i thought played and i you know i never you know you know like i hate the rangers just naturally as an (laughs) islander fan always have it's just always the way it's been (laughs) but i never really will go out there and say if they play good like they've, you know, when they went in that run and lost to the Kings in the final, they were playing great hockey, and I was saying it the entire time. Yeah, we were you know, just rooting even against towards them. the end of this season, they were hot. Yeah, they were on fire. They, they were really finding were. ways to win games. Panarin was unbelievable. Yep. But at the same time, Panarin, I think, might have had one point in that series. So when you're depending on these players to get these points and put the puck in the net. You know, you obviously there's a target on their back. Teams like the Bruins will do this, the Hurricanes, the Capitals, the Florida Panthers, because they're doing it to Matt Barzell as we speak. Because yeah. last yesterday, what I watched out of Matt Barzell was probably one of the worst performances I ever seen. But I, I don't completely fault them. There's a target on his back. Well, they're also trying so we- to put uh, lines. They're trying to match up their line, their top line with Barkov up against Barzell because Barkov is is a giant compared to Barzell and it m- makes it easier to defend him you know by just putting a body on him basically no 100% so. what Florida is doing is in a, they're doing an exceptional job yeah. at you know eliminating uh you know Matt Barzell 
And, you know, the Hurricanes did a great job of doing that to Panarin. And you credit their defense to it. I did not think the Rangers played good hockey this entire series. And that might sound a little harsh, and it comes from an Islander fan, so there's hatred to be there. But when they're playing good hockey, I'll tell you. Yeah. And when they're playing bad hockey, I'll tell you. And they played bad hockey for three games. (laughs) Yeah, they did. There's so much to fault for it, though. You know what? Uh, I think going into that series, you know, the Islanders played – you know, their exhibition game against the Rangers right before all the series have began. And Shesterkin was in net for the Rangers. Then it comes to game one against Carolina, and now he's unfit to play. And he doesn't play the first two games. So now you have Lundqvist, which, in a, you know, a couple of years back, you'd be like, well, we got Lundqvist in net. And now he's getting up in age. They don't have a, a very good defense to begin well, with. He should, I mean, at this point, Jerry, I mean, he should absolutely retire. You know, there's I really no other way it, to put it. Exactly. And it just came down to Shesterkin being in game three and it, a little too, you know, too little too late, basically. And, you know, the Rangers, like you said, they, they swept Carolina during the season. And... You know, who knows? Who knows what the difference was? You know, there's there's a lot to go into this playoffs because you know you have a lot of teams that had injuries that because of this whole outbreak and the break that they had, all these players came back because they're healthy now. You know, and one of the best examples is the Islanders. The Islanders going into this playoffs, even if, to be honest with you, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And, you know, they had... Injuries up the wazoo. Boychuk, uh, Pelik, uh, you know, Sezikis. You know, these guys that are so big to the Islanders roster, to the Islanders lineup, that, you know, it would have been detrimental. You know, the, the Islanders ending that season, going into the outbreak, they, they lost seven in a row. So they were in no means playoff ready. Now with this whole break... And all these guys getting healthy, the Islanders have a good chance to make a run because they are fully healthy. Fully healthy. So when you look at teams like, you know, maybe Carolina, maybe Carolina, I didn't really know, you know, injury reports or anything going into the outbreak. Uh, and if there was a difference from now till, you know, from then to now, you know, it's just. It's a whole different ball game or, you know, hockey game, basically, I should say. You know, when it comes to this whole this whole break and now going into the playoffs. Now you got teams that, in reality, didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And now they're getting a second chance. And they're trying to make, a be- make the best of that second chance. Carolina being one of them as well. You know, and now they just they went through the Rangers, like you were saying. Rangers did not play well at all. And... Carolina's got a good chance. Carolina's got a good team. They they really do have a good team. So, you know, we'll see. This is the, with the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. Basically, every sport, it's up for grabs because everybody has a chance. And that I think is where I'm at. Like I, I just feel like it's so interesting. These playoffs, you know, with the NHL and with the NBA is. It's up for grabs. You know, anybody could win this thing. The process is working to the fullest. It's been really effective. 
they've legitimately haven't had any reported, you know, COVID cases yeah. since the start in either in either league. Yeah. NBA and the NHL. Major League Baseball is not doing this correctly. And mm-hmm. the NFL is going to learn real quick the exact same. The money's not going to be made the same. And I think it's going to have to be a real wake-up call to these professional players. You know, the money that are, are on a contract right now, because there was no end in sight with this. There just isn't. You got people debating, kids going back to school every day, yeah. and you're talking about playing professional sports and having people attend these games. It's not happening. Yeah. The NFL is going to find out real quick that this isn't going to be able to, you know, go on. I think what the NHL and the NBA done is – Nothing short but of incredible. It's what everyone needs. It's entertainment still. I'm entertained by these games. I'm entertained Absolutely. by the basketball games. I love, love listening to these players talk throughout the game. Yeah. Watch Chris Paul last night. An amazing <laughs> thing to watch. Yeah. And let me tell you, that. as a child, learning how to play the game of basketball and communicating on the court yeah. and how important it is to do that. Oh, watching Chris Paul last night was the perfect example on how to just learn. Yeah. And I was able to watch it. I had a great time watching it. I think it's it's just great, just a great telecast. The new angles that they got going, what the NHL did to their arenas. Yeah. With the fans all out, you know, throughout. And it doesn't look dull or empty. Both leagues have done an incredible job and should both give each other a pat on the back because it's exactly what a lot of people needed. And they've delivered big time. Uh, absolutely. And I, I 110% agree with you on that. You know, I love what, what the NHL has done, you know, as, I, as you were saying, like with the arenas, the, the crowd noise sounds real. I mean, they've done the best when it comes to sound. Uh, NBA is, you know, okay uh, when it comes to that. Like, you, I think it's cool what I'm they did. I'm able to hear Chris Paul, you know, pointing at players and where to go and to yeah. speed up the tempo and it's just a great thing to watch. Well, there I think the NBA, I I could be wrong on this, but I think NBA is the only league that's on a tape delay by like 5 seconds just so that they can get the Makes cursing sense. out, which that that's fine. You know, it's not like you know, there's nobody that will have an upper hand in that because nobody's in the stands, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like so if it's on tape delay, it's it's whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only tape delayed by like five seconds, ten seconds, so mm-hmm. that's fine. I, you know, I, I'm fine that's with that. How incredible is that that they're yeah. able to, uh, you know, again, like that's just, it's just added to the, you know, the credit yeah. that I continue to give both leagues. You know, you know and, whether it's the sound. I know we're comparing which one's better, but uh, I think overall both teams. They done an these two amazing leagues. Job. These two leagues have done better. Basically, that we can, we're not we're, we won't compare the two leagues. But we'll just say that the bubble was a great idea, and now and I I'm think hearing, all sports are going to have to follow in that. I I I feel the same way, and I think that what they're talking and about football is easy, man. You can literally put an entire league, yeah, in a campus, or you know, even if we are traveling, I don't agree with the travel. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't, it'll make any sense, especially if there's no fans. Yeah, there's no home field. I don't understand why baseball is doing it. And I don't understand why the NFL will be doing it. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I had a friend of mine ask me about fantasy football. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen with this year? I don't know. 
because I don't know if they're going to play. I mean, they are going to play. Yeah. But for how long? You know, we talk about injuries and everything that becomes an impact in fantasy football. Oh, boy. Can you imagine when COVID-19 enters fantasy football? Oh, wow. Yeah, I never even really thought of that. It's just going to be considered a new injury. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, that that would be at least two games out, you know, that that you'd have to sit out. Two weeks, absolutely. So that's that's interesting. And right then and there, like, that – Two games is, you know, for a league that plays only 16 games, you know, missing two games is huge, especially when we're talking about fantasy football. But, you know, just altogether, that's huge when it comes to, you know, if if it's a big player. You know, if this is a big player, you know, just and I'm not wishing it upon anybody. I'm not saying anybody's going to get it, but I'm just saying just say, you know, a Russell Wilson was to get something like this. And now he has to sit two games out, you know, and we already say, like, you know, Seattle is a bubble team, you know, and Seattle goes as far as Russell Wilson goes. And, you know, if Russell Wilson has to miss two games, those are two huge games for a quarterback that is everything to your team that, you know, should be missing. So, well, I'll it's, tell you in the perfect scenario right now for you, Jerry. You know, you're excited for football to come back? Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about it, let's say this is hypothetically, you know, they start two and one Dallas. They found yeah. a way to get a couple of wins. They got one loss. Now they have two games in a row, big games. Yeah. Against the Eagles first and the New York Giants back to back. Every team is two and one right now to start the season. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott gets COVID-19, misses the game against Philly, misses the following week against the New York Giants. Those two losses. And they fall to two and three. Yeah. And both teams go on to be one's four and one minimum. Yeah. The other one could be three and two. I'll give you that. It's huge. That That's only <laughs> week three and week four of the season. I know. Or week and four and five. That, that, these aren't playoff weeks. No. It. it People talk about how they want football to return, but it's got to return correctly. Yeah, and, and I, I think they uh, the could do. I think they could do a bubble kind of be, thing. It'll be pretty tough. You know, even, I think they could do a bubble thing, even if they were to like. Absolutely, you could throw them on a no, campus. You know, if there's no, so say you do what what the NHL is doing: one conference in one area, the other conference in another area. So you say, all right, listen. You know, the NFC teams are only going to play the NFC teams. The AFC teams are only going to play the AFC teams. Then you discuss what you want to do with the playoffs, basically what the NHL has done. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that's a good idea. I think they could do that. You know, it's not like – it's not that big of a deal. Like, you look at some states that have two football fields, two football stadiums, even if they have a soccer stadium. I mean, you look at – you know, say New Jersey. New Jersey's got a soccer stadium. They have, you know, a football stadium. They wanted to do something like that. You know, Texas, they have Houston. They have Dallas. You know, they they have, you know, there's a bunch of pl- San Francisco, like California. You have Oakland. You have, well, you you could play in Oakland, being that the Oakland Raiders have played, you know, in Oakland for that long. But, you know, there's there's plenty of states that they can do this in. It'll be interesting to see if they do think of something like this. The MLB is talking about, you know, doing the bubble during the playoffs 
which I think would be a good idea because the last thing you would want as a playoff team is one of your players to go down because of this. Um, so that, that would be interesting. But, you know, going back to the NHL and just going over the, the, the series so far, I'll give you, you know, what the series look like right now. We'll talk about some some things that are going on in different series. But as you were saying, the NHL still has uh, reports of no positive tests in either bubble, which is huge, as we were saying. You know, the nine seed and the eight seed in the Eastern Conference uh, is the Columbus Blue Jackets as the nine seed, the Toronto Maple Leafs as the eight seed. Now, technically, Toronto, this is their home, you know, and that's one big thing when you're looking at, like, the NHL and even the NBA. There's no home field advantage. You know, Toronto's playing in their own arena, and it's still not, a home field advantage because or home ice advantage because there's no fans in the stands you know and the only thing the only advantage that Toronto gets out of this is they they know the bounces they know you know like when you look at the Coliseum the Zamboni corner is always the worst bounce you know so the Islanders know of that you know Toronto knows of all the bounces but you know what with say three games in a day the ice gets chopped up. No matter how many times you put a Zamboni over it, it's going to get chopped up. So that, that last game might be a messy game of the day. So you never know what's going to happen. And that's that's what's adding to the, the thrill, I guess, of this playoffs because you just never know what's going to happen. And so you have the, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. They're tied 1-1 right now in that, in that series. Uh, Jake Muzzin is out for the qualifiers. Which is huge because, you know, as a defenseman for Toronto, that was a big acquisition. And he was huge for the Kings during their cup runs. So, you know, this is huge. But going into more into that Jake Muzzin injury, now, it was weird. It looked weird. You know, some may say even looked fake. But you know what? He smashed his head into another guy's knee. So, you know, you never know. It could be a neck injury. It could be a head injury. Um, He was released from the hospital, but he will be out for the qualifiers. So while he's on the ice, now, as Islander fans, you know we have some kind of uh, opinion of Mike Milbury. And I think the rest of the NHL fans, you know, have an opinion of, of Mike Milbury as well. But he made an asinine comment. While Jake Muzzin was on the ice, and I have the clip for it, so I'm going to play it. But uh, just the inconsideration, I guess you could say, of Mike Milbury while you're on a broadcast. But I'm going to play the, the, the clip now so everybody else can hear, and then we'll talk about it. Not a bad idea to stay down and get a whistle, too, by the way. I'm not, I'm not questioning his integrity here or his injury. You talked about the kind of defenseman he is, the, the heavy defensive play he makes. Key part of LA's Stanley Cup wins. But still on the ice here, and that'd be a huge loss. So, you know, as a broadcaster, you know, you maybe should just wait until you find out everything, you know, if he's okay before you make a comment like that. But that's Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury, you know, talks out of his ass a lot. And I just, like, 
it just took me by surprise that you would say something like that while the guy's still on the ice and you have no idea the extent of the injury. Well, that's just basically Mike Milbury, you know, uh, being Mike Milbury. And, you know, guy has no self-control. Some of these hockey players have that mindset even on the ice and they take it off the ice with them. Unfortunately, that's a trait that he took off the ice. And, you know, when you see things like that, you know, the whole world wants to flip out and unbelievable that he would say something like that. I see it as just him being a piece of garbage <laughs> that has yeah. a television spot. Yeah. And he's he's just defined himself to me as a piece of garbage now. Yeah. I mean, now you have the mindset of, you know, my mindset of what I think of you and what a lot of people, because I'm not alone. I'm not going to make a big stink about it because you know what, you know, Jake, you know, Muzzin is hurt yeah. legitimately out for the rest. He's out for the qualifiers. And so he's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and it just proves, you know, what I think of him. <laughs> I don't think highly of him at all. Never have. I'm an Islander fan. There's yeah. no reason to ever think highly of Mike Milbury. Uh, but this is for, you know, further proves my point. And, I'm not going to make a whole thing about it. I'm not going to sit there and flip out to the, you know, about, oh, the nerve of him. All right, cool, man. You're just proving yourself once again to me and to the rest of the world. Yeah. About, you know, just the kind of person you are and your mindset and just just call the game. <laughs> we don't need your color commentary. Just call the game. Yeah. I don't understand why they have him as color commentary. What are you trying to get out of that? But I don't make those hirings I, I, irrelevant to me. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's just a perfect case of him just proving, uh, you know, who he is. Yeah, basically. So, um, as I said, the the series is tied one one. Uh, then we move on to the five and the twelve. Montreal, the twelve seed, is leading, as you were saying before, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the five seed, two one. You know, game one, Montreal took three two. Pittsburgh came back, took game two, uh, three one, and then game three, Montreal just beat. Pittsburgh 4-3 last night. So, you know, that's that's in, that goes into what we were talking about before. Just, you know, Montreal's the 12th seed. You know, a team also that was on the bubble of even making the playoffs and probably weren't going to make the playoffs. But now because of the way that they restructured this playoffs, now they're in, they're in the playoffs, they're playing for their lives, and they have a chip on their shoulder. And they're going against the Pittsburgh Penguins that are always, you know, that juggernaut. Like, oh, you know, we got to play Malkin. We got to play Crosby. We got to play, you know, Murray. Like, all of that. And, you know, Montreal is coming out and they're, they're coming out with a vengeance. And right now they have a 2-1 lead in that series. And then you go to the 7-10. and 10. You got the Islanders, the 7th seed. The Florida Panthers as the 10th seed. Two other teams that were on the bubble of making the playoffs as well. Uh, Islanders took game one and game two. Uh, two one and four two. Then the Islanders lost last uh, yesterday, three two. Now the one thing that you talk about with the Islanders, and we discussed it before, is defense is always the key for the Islanders. Defense is always the key for Barry Trotz. So the first two games were definitely you could see that the Islanders really, you know, were playing gritty. Um, they were shutting everything down, which was nice. You you like to see that. That's when the Islanders are at their best. 
Game three was a different, you know, a different picture, I guess you could say. They they just they got outbeat to every loose puck. You know, something that a Barry Trotz led team doesn't let happen. And also I wanted to say about this series is the one guy that you keep hearing is Matheson. And the guy, you know, was fined after a hit in game two on Brock Nelson. Game one, he had the nasty hit on Boychuk, who has not come back from that. So when when do we, you know, maybe discuss getting rid of this guy out of this series? You know, when do we discuss maybe a suspension? When do we discuss this guy playing dirty? Like <laughs> you know, well, I think the head coach took care of that yeah. yesterday. He didn't play. No, he was. And I don't scratch. blame him. Yeah. You know, honestly, you know, yeah, these were bad hits, and you can debate whether or not he should be suspended or, you know, regardless. Uh, but the coach took care of that. Uh, clearly, you know, Joe Quenville, uh, you know, benched. Matheson, because you know when it comes down to it, and you can talk about suspensions and everything else, but he's costing his team. Yeah, and he was costing them big time. The Islanders were basically living on the power play in the first two games of that series, and did not have as many last, you know, yesterday, and they had the least amount of shots on goal they've had the entire series. So, you know, I think what Quinville did was a great adjustment. You know, if the kids can, you know, kid can have all the talent in the world, have all the size in the world, but if you don't have, you know control self-control and you know i know big hits are a big part of series in hockey and it's understandable and i'm not criticizing it but when you're costing your team to some degree to the point where i know your name now you know a lot of islander fans know your name uh it makes it a lot you know easier for the head coach to make a decision like that regardless of the talent because if you're just not going to do the right thing on the ice then all the talent in the world ain't going to help you in the nhl so now, what do you think about Barry Trotz letting uh, Varlamov take Game Three? Because I thought I, I thought I didn't back mind to Varlamov, back Varlamov uh, starting at all in yeah. the beginning of that game. But do I think he's a reason why we lost yesterday? No, I, without yeah. a doubt. I, oh, you you think it's all on him? Yeah, uh, you know Brian Boyle wrist shot beating you. Um, yeah. You know, the penalty to start the third period. Yeah, that really falls on him. I mean, he made some nice saves, but, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, and he knows it. Yeah, you know, I that mean. That loss comes down to him, and, you know, you can't commit penalties like that. Yeah, that You was can't get penalty. beat by a wrist shot from Brian Boyle. <laughs> and we're talking a fourth liner wristing it right by you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I understand it's the slot, but. Still. You know, he had to tee it up, everything. It took a little while. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, uh you know, you can't lose. That's a big goal, making it 3-1. Uh, you can't give up that goal. Yeah, I, uh, to me, I thought it was a little questionable just because it was a back-to-back. And I thought that, you know, without a doubt, Thomas Grice was going to be in on game three. I, You know, I was obviously wrong. But do I think that was a difference? I really don't know. I really don't know. You know, it yeah. could have been. You know, that it, there's... You know, some things that happen, you know, people don't understand, like, when you're a goalie, you know, you have all that equipment on, you know, mm-hmm. and you're you're forced to be put in positions that, you know, aren't comfortable, <laughs> basically. So, when mm-hmm. you're playing back-to-backs, you know, it's like, it's like a catcher. Catcher, you know, will play a night game, but then if there's a day game the next day, 
Usually they sit out or they DH. So that's what I thought was going to happen. You know, on Florida's side, obviously you had to put Bobrovsky out there. That was, you know, that they're forced to be put in that position. But the well, Islanders... Well, they pay him enough money to, well, make, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, but, they're paying Grice, too. So it's like, that's where exactly. it comes down to it. Like, that's why it's a 1A and, and a 1B, because, well, you're paying them both like yeah. they're 1A and 1B. So when you're paying them like that, they need to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Grice in game three. Uh, it's just an adjustment that, uh, you know, Florida will have to make with their approach. And, yeah. you know, hopefully the Islanders can find a way while they're making that adjustment to capitalize, uh, get some goals, and find a way to close out the series. And it's not like Grice is a bad goalie. That's the thing. That, that no. was why, that's what, why it was questionable on my end because I just felt like, you know what, he started for the Islanders for a, a year and a half or whatever it was. You know, it's not like he's, you know, just a random backup. You know, he's – he he could start if he wanted to like if you know we didn't have a better goalie to start but you know it's just i i mean Barry Trotz made the you know i believe in Barry Trotz 110% so i'm not going to you know really well, the question it definitely there so yeah I agree i'm, I'm with you know 100%. i'm not going to question it you know up down and backwards but you know i just thought it was a little questionable but you know what it happened we move on we go to game 4 and we hopefully end it then um, because if we go into game five, I'm going to be really worried. <laughs> but um, Of course, you know, uh, <laughs> I actually, uh, you know, it'll be on Sunday. Uh, obviously, the Islanders, uh, they got to try and take care of business tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, right off the bat, you really can't mess around with the Florida Panthers. Give them a building momentum. Yeah, exactly. So going on, the 6 and the 11 seed is Carolina and the, the Rangers. Uh, Carolina, as uh, as you were saying earlier, were swept by the Rangers during the season. The Rangers came back, swept the Carolina Hurric- uh, the what? No, the Carolina Hurricanes came back and swept the Rangers um, in this series. They move on. Then we go to the round robin. As I was saying before, Boston cannot be higher than the third the third seed because they lost their first two games. Phillies one and zero. Tampa Bay's two and zero. Tampa Bay starting to look more and more like the number one seed. Washington um, lost in overtime, so they're 0-0-1. Then we move over to the West. Um, Calgary leads that series against Winnipeg 2-1. The the thing in this series was the uh, Matt Kachuk hit on Shifley, which was questionable as well. Uh, I mean, you it's... It was a weird it was a weird interaction between the two. It was a weird hit and the fact that his his skate went up and ended up, you know, it could have end, ended up being very detrimental to the career of Shifley, let alone just the game and the rest of the series uh for the Jets. You know, he could have he could have severed his Achilles and at first I think a lot of people thought that that was the the case. Um, you know, and that's scary. And the thing is, you wouldn't think twice about this if it wasn't Matt Kachuk because Matt Kachuk's been in these types of, you know, interactions with other players. So it's, you know, it, it puts question. Was it, was it done, you know, purposely? Was it, you know, what's, what's the deal with that? So I, I thought it was, a, it was a nasty hit. 
and you know you hope that you know Shifley is okay I guess you could say yeah no uh obviously the Winnipeg Jets are you know severely uh you know down men right now and uh these are guys that are leaders on their team and Shifley and Lane uh and they lead on the ice as well as off so you know, it's unfortunate for Winnipeg. You know, you don't want to lose guys to injury at this time of year during the, you know, the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, this is where we stand. And uh, when it comes to the, you know, hit by Kachuk and if it's purpose or not, uh, you know, I think only Kachuk knows that. And if you do know you did something like that on purpose, uh, What's your deal, you know, I got bro? no words for you. <laughs> yeah. you know, again, it's, it, it's the same ordeal as before. You know, you you legitimately just, you know, you see them for the person they are and you just move on. Uh, you know, obviously in the old hockey, I mean, this guy would have gotten rocked. Oh, yeah. In the very next game. Uh, I don't think I saw too much of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, basically uh, it's just unfortunate that Winnipeg is uh, down a man. Also in the West, we have uh, Chicago Blackhawks against the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton's the five seed. Chicago's the 12 seed. Chicago leads this series 2-1. to one. You know, very high-scoring series. Chicago won the first game 6-4. Edmonton won the second game 6-3. Chicago wins the game 3-4-3. Three, three. So it's been a very high-scoring uh, series when it comes to them. Um, Chicago, no matter where they are, you know, seated, they're a tough out. It's always going to be a tough out for them. They have very, very good players on that team still. Um, are just they a lot of experience. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, also we have uh, Minnesota against Vancouver. They're tied 1-1 in that series. Arizona leads Nashville 2-1 in that series. Another higher seed beating a lower seed. Then in the round robin, Dallas is in the same boat as Boston 0-2. Colorado's 2-0, and then you got the Golden Knights 1-0 and St. Louis 0-1. So that's really that's really it when it comes to uh, the NHL. You know, we can move on to the MLB. There's a few things that we got to talk about here. You know, Otani is being shut down as a pitcher for the rest of the season. Soon to be the whole league. Yeah, I know. Um, then, you know, we had another outbreak, and it wasn't just the Marlins. This time it was the Cardinals. They had 13 players slash staff that tested positive. Their series against the Tigers were postponed. It looks like St. Louis will be coming back either this weekend or the weekend uh, or the week after, I think Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Uh, I thought there was a, it was very interesting what Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter came out with a statement Um over Zoom, I think it was, or whatever it was, um, just basically yeah. talking about, you know, his team and what happened with the outbreak. And this is what Derek Jeter had to say. I think one of the first and most important things that we all can do is, is to have a little empathy for our players. You know, they've been stricken with a, a virus that has no cure other than to run its course. Um, you know, our players and coaches went into this knowing that their health was on the line. And uh, unfortunately, they've had to endure quite a trying time over the last week plus. And we, we have seen uh, firsthand just how contagious this virus is. Um, <clears throat> you know, after we left spring training and, and numerous discussions and had numerous discussions, uh, you know, some of our traveling party had a false sense of security and comfort 
and, and how they, they handled themselves when we left Miami. I am I'm hoping that the first first question today is about the uh, health of our players who, who've tested positive because it, it really has been disheartening to not read anything about that um, or see many signs of empathy for what they're, they're going through. Instead, um, you know, we continue to hear and read about um, rumors about our players' actions in Atlanta, and, and we need to stop that. Our team and our players deserve better than that. As I mentioned, these guys are sick. Our guys were not running all around town after our game in Atlanta. So I, I need to ask that that, uh, that's not, they, they don't deserve it. We did have a couple individuals leave the hotel. In our, in our review, it was determined we had guys leave to get coffee, to get clothes. A guy left to have dinner at a teammate's house. There were no other guests on site. There was no salacious activity. There was no hanging out at bars, no clubs, no running around Atlanta, no running around the town. What it boiled down to on this particular trip was guys were around each other. They got relaxed and they let their guard down. They were getting together in groups. They weren't wearing masks as much as they should have. They weren't social distancing. Everyone was getting tested. We went the whole spring training uh, 2.0 without a positive. And the entire traveling party got a little too comfortable. Should they have been doing that? No. Uh, and that's been addressed. But there, there is no way to identify how this uh, got into our clubhouse. But any activities on Tuesday night were not it. So... Basically, like he, he was saying, there's a full sense of security. They let their guard down. That led to the, the, the positive tests. And when you're looking into it, you know, and I, I'm, I fall, you know, I'm at fault as well. You know, I said, you know, the team went out on the town and, you know, this is the reason why it happened. He shut that down quick. But um, also the, the, the story that you're hearing with the Cardinals now is that the Cardinals went to a casino the night before and you know, and then they have all these, these positive tests. So you don't know that that's, that's the reason why we were talking about, you know, baseball should look into a bubble situation because these, these guys are leaving the, the hotels and you know, you don't know what these guys are, are coming into contact with at all. You, you have no idea. You know, when it comes to, you know, these guys uh, testing positive and the reasons for it, it just shows how strict it has to be in order to get the season to go. Um, you know, as a player, you have to, you know, make that decision for yourself. You know, do you want, uh, you know, do you want to make this money? And, you know, you have to be, you know, these guys make a lot of money. You know, I know I understand going out to get groceries and stuff like that. You can get that stuff delivered to you. Yeah. And, you know, I understand wanting to go out to dinner with friends and it's so understandable. But unfortunately, we're in a world right now where that's, you know, not a possibility at the moment. You know, we're hoping that as time goes along, uh, you know, something's able to get figured out and we're able to get past this. But as far as we are right now, in order to make this money, which is a lot of money, you know, I'm, I'm going to work too, making a lot less. And I have to be very careful as well. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's part of it. 
you know, it's I mean, part that's... of the job. It's part of your responsibility at this point. It sounds completely unfair, and it probably is. Well, that's the thing. But unfortunately, like, these are the times we're in right now. You know, we would love to be sitting side by side right now doing the show because it's just so 100%. much easier. <laughs> so much easier. But you know, we're trying to take I'll it. I'll lose connection three or four times <laughs> yeah. with the storm like, that we had going on. We like we're trying to keep it in a safe way because you know he's still working. Uh, you know, there's. You know, there's people that you come into contact with. There's people that I come into contact with. Obviously, I don't want to get you sick. You don't want to get me sick. You know, if I get you sick, then you're out of out of work and you can't make money. If, you know, I'm sick, you know, there's family members that, you know, uh, are in that high risk area. So it, it there's there's a lot to go into, you know, your thought process as a player, as a person, you know, going through this time, like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't think this is, uh, you know, a real thing. There's people that take it overboard, but then you have people that, you know, either way, you should be taking your, you know, precautions. Who knows what this thing can do? You know, that's the thing. Nobody knows. So that's, you know, when it comes to baseball, you know, you're playing a game as a job. That's your job. You know, the least you can do is wear a mask. The least you can do is stay in your hotel. You know, that's uh, that's when it like that you question what goes through these guys' heads, and you know, and then you have a guy like you know uh, Atlanta's ace pitcher Mike Soroka goes out and tears his Achilles, and now he can't play. You know, so. There's things like yep. that, and in that game, the the Mets, uh, the Braves were playing the Mets, and something else happened with the Mets. All of a sudden, Yoenis Cespedes just goes absolutely AWOL. Nobody hears from him. Nobody knows where he is. Nothing. So, it comes out that he, you know, that the Mets sent security to his his uh, his room. Everything was cleared out, and he ended up going through his agent to tell the Mets that he's opting out for the rest of the season. He went yeah, in again, it. <laughs> once again, but more and more backlash, more and more people affected by this. I mean, I understand he's a great player and he's an important part, but uh, unfortunately, you know, if a player does not feel comfortable playing, then he has no reason, you know, to and be obligated to do so. I, uh, I agree with you 100%. But the way that he went about it, oh, it's terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't see him time, being on another you know, team after just, this. He's able to do whatever he wants. You got to remember these baseball players, man. Oh my God, growing up, they're they're considered basically like your highness to a lot of their hometown buddies and stuff like that. Just because they're so talented and they made a you know really good moves in their life to become a professional baseball player, yeah, they're gonna feel like they could do whatever they want and they don't care about the backlash. That's the yeah. point of it. They can easily just turn their phone off, and it's not effective. Yeah, at yeah. all. I, I mean, mean, you could say whatever you want. I mean, the internet has turned into that. Yeah, over I, every topic in the, that you can even think of. When it comes down, you're to, gonna have people hating on it no matter what, and there's nothing you can do about it. He did whatever he wanted to do. He probably woke up, was ready to go to practice. Was like, you know what? Screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm catching a ball. You know, when there are more important situations going on in the world right now, you know, COVID nineteen being one of them. Yeah, and I trust me, I I agree. I just I thought the way he went about it was wrong, and you know it was just it was just weird. And I think the thing there's a lot that follows Yoenis Cespedes, 
And, you know, this is not a... It's not a good look on him, especially for a player that's already had issues with other teams. You know, why would a team bring on... You know, not to mention, this guy just got... He, he signed a uh, like a $100 million contract with the Mets and through three years has only played like 70 games. Mm-hmm. So, like... When it comes down to it, why would anybody, why would any other team go out and say, you know what, I'm going to bring Ioannis Cespedes in? And even if they do bring him in, it's not going to be for another $100 million contract. He's not going to get anywhere close to this money because the guy just walks out, doesn't tell anybody. Why would you want a player on your team that just walks out? And I understand the, the, the situation that's going on, but you know what? Just let your team know, hey, listen. You know, I, I've played a couple of games, uh, and I'm just, uh, you know, I just don't feel safe. And you, you call it. But then when now. But who knows what, what it it's looks like, like in that clubhouse, no, and I, I mean, You're an important part. you got a lot absolutely. of people that are sitting there depending on you. Absolutely. Coaches and everything that will give you a hard time about considering not playing. When it so comes, if he wants to sit there and not tell anybody and say, all right, tell me, you know, my age. I speak through my agent yeah. when it comes to the terms of. You know, my contract and part of my contract is getting paid to play baseball. I'm not going to play. I'm not getting paid. I don't need to answer to anybody, coaches, teammates. Yeah. And obviously the public as well. Yeah. And I listen, I, I again, I 110 percent agree with you. But I just there there's a lot that goes into this because, you know, he's other than the home run in opening day. He really hasn't done anything. So um, he's had, And, you know, obviously he's. He has an issue. Like he, his pregame ritual is to play golf. That's his thing. Obviously, he can't do that now because you know the players are not allowed to go out and do these things. So it, there's a lot to go into this, you know. And I just I think he played his last game as a Met. I think he uh, there he may even have played his last game. As an MLB player, <laughs> you know, because he's I set for really... life because the oh yeah, money that absolutely. Baseball pays these players absolutely. He's so, set for life. So yesterday, the uh, one uh, year set for life. It's crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. The amount of money that, that is being made, I have no idea how baseball is going to stay afloat. <laughs> I don't. I really, we'll I'm confused as to how they're going to stay afloat regarding this whole situation. Well. You got players opting out. So good, yeah. You save money on these big time players, but there are so many contracts out there that need to be fulfilled, and I have no idea where these teams are making the money. Yeah, well, you had they're certainly um, making nothing this year. The uh, the Yankees were playing a doubleheader yesterday, and that this is the first doubleheader so far this season, and they have come out with a rule that if it's doubleheaders, they're playing seven inning games. So yesterday was the first seven-inning doubleheader. I, you know, I didn't really get to watch the game uh, or the games, so I, I don't really, I, I, I don't really so know. <laughs> first game, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't really know how. Like, how did you think the seven innings went? Like, how do you think? You know, did it matter? Do you like? To me, like, I'm. I'm one of those guys that difference? it will be for some teams. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I feel like why not? Like, what's the difference? Why? What's the big deal making it not like I would understand if they're trying to fit games in, you know, try to fit a couple of, or they were talking about maybe doing multiple doubleheaders. 
I would understand that. But for a regular doubleheader, like why? So to me, it, it's weird. I I still would I think rather just nine innings. To limit how much these guys are on the field all at the yeah. same time, you know. And uh, granted, you got to remember, in order to play a game at a stadium, you know, there's rent to be paid at that oh, stadium. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there's so many expenses that go under the radar. Uh, for these organizations and for these arenas and stadiums, you know, all throughout the country. So I think to try to limit how long they're going to use the stadium is the number one, you know, purpose there. Yeah. So you don't want to spend an entire day there because then you're paying to spend the entire day there. And where did you make the money? Because nobody attended the game. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. This is where I don't the math doesn't add up for Major League Baseball to be doing this in the style that they're doing it. They're having a hard time with COVID. You got cancellations after suspension of games and you know, you got players that are getting sick, you got coaches that are getting sick, you got staff that's getting sick. You're traveling nonstop. Obviously there's a situation there that needs to be uh addressed and I have no idea how baseball is going to do it. I mean, they could finish this season, but when it comes to even next season, oh boy, I have no idea how they're going to pull it off. Definitely is going to be interesting. Like the thing, the thing is we have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen because we don't know what this, this virus is going to do. We have no idea. Like as far as, as far as this season, you know, this is this is what you're going to see. You're going to see no fans in the stands. That that's going to be the rest of the season. So they're going to but, limit these games to seven games, and I don't think it's going to make a difference. I mean, unless people want it to be a difference. You know, if it's a two-one game and you wind up losing off, we would have had two extra innings. Exactly, and that's to score a run. Well, you didn't, and yeah. you knew going in yeah. that you had seven innings to get these runs, and you didn't get them in seven innings. Yeah. It's the same game. It really is. I played seven inning games growing up. Oh, a bunch I, of them. Yeah, I know. You know how it's many a, times I could have sat there and been like, if we played if nine we with played them, to, yeah. did we have a shot? Of yeah. course. Absolutely. But I knew how many innings we were playing before the game started. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And honestly, I feel bad for Judge. The amount of home runs he's hitting. I just want to go into that topic real quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, the amount of home runs he's hitting. He's this guy would have probably breaking Roger Maris's record. I call it Roger Maris's record because that other nonsense <laughs> that happened yeah. with steroids, yeah. I don't even count for it. Yeah. I don't even think it should be the same record. I, I think it should be completely different. I think 61 is still the number. <laughs> the way Judge was going, it looked like he would have broken, shattered that record. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got, what, seven home runs in nine games? So Ten now, but yeah, it was seven, I think, in yeah. nine, which is crazy. So uh, there's really nothing of substance in the NBA to really get into other than the Lakers clinching the number one seed in the West. So that goes into what we were talking about last week, basically just going over, you know, what was going to happen, you know, with – the actual regular season record compared to the eight game season record. Um, so yeah, the Lakers clinched the, the number one seed in three games, uh, the NFL now. So the NFL opt out deadline is today at four o'clock Eastern. So I like what's going to happen if a guy just decides to, to opt out, like thinks, you know what? After this opt-out deadline, like, hey, listen, I think I, I have to get out of here. Like, I, I, I want to get out. Like, that's that's some of the things that you, you got to kind of look into. What's going to happen after this opt-out deadline? Well, they have every right to do it. I don't That's what I'm what saying. Like, a what? deadline for the NFL. Exactly. The Players Association has shown no respect to that. Uh, the leaders of their Players Association think it's nonsense that they would even put a deadline up. Uh, there will be no deadline. Yeah. Uh, and- 
at the point is is that you know if a player chooses that they don't want to play because of the health considerations, especially when the season hasn't even begun yet, it's an unfair thing for the NFL to do. Yeah. And I don't see uh, I don't see it really. I don't even see four o'clock as meaning anything to me. <laughs> uh, it just doesn't. It won't make any difference. We have, uh, and a lot of players are going to opt out. But I mean, you've seen hard knocks. I've seen hard knocks. The line is out the door of people that want to play football in the National Football oh, yeah, League. Definitely. So, you know, for any of these players that you know don't want to play, it's their own decision. Yeah. They're absolutely able to do it. Let's do. You know, I understand you're a star. You're one of the best of your. You know what you do. But uh, if you don't feel it's safe, someone else will take your place. <laughs> that will take that risk and make the money doing it. Exactly. So. It's understandable. I don't think there should be any criticism regarding it. I mean, one of the best, best Jets players on their defense opted out in C.J. Mosley. Yeah. I didn't even bat an eye. I said, all right, well, let's find another linebacker in that system. Yeah, yeah know, I mean, I, that's... I have full confidence in Greg Williams being able to adjust on the fly without Adams, without Mosley, and I think we'll be fine. But that's the mindset that every football fan should have and not say, oh, the season's over because we don't have this particular player. Yeah. Unless it's something like what you said with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And you know what? We're getting our first, uh, you know, big time player contemplating, you know, opting out, and that's Von Miller, and that would be a huge, you know, huge deal for the defense of the Denver Broncos. And you know what? If he, you know, if he does opt out, you know, that's that's worrisome for them. But you know what? Like you're saying, it if he doesn't feel safe, like you can't. You can't get mad at it. You can't. You, but you he can't would be the sit there and get in his shoes exactly. and live. And that's, that's the, the thing. Point. That's the problem what people don't have is that they try to get into these players' shoes and put themselves in their shoes. And it doesn't work like that because yeah. you're not in their shoes. You don't know what they deal with every day. And unfortunately, uh, if they don't feel comfortable with COVID-19 or any other scenario that happens in life, it's it's not your place to make a judgment on it. Yeah. And it, and it's crazy when we think about it how close the NFL season is. Um, the NFL, literally, like today would have been the Hall of Fame game. So that's like that's how close we are to football. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Randy Gregory, Cowboys uh, defensive end, uh, who's suspended indefinitely after they approved. You know that marijuana would not be a suspendable uh, offense. He's been trying to get reinstated. He's not happy in the way that it's going. He doesn't know where he stands with the NFL. So that's interesting when it comes to the Cowboys because the Cowboys can use him, absolutely can can use him. So it's, it's you know, and especially just what I was saying, how close this, the NFL season is getting, the fact that he can't be with the team working out and stuff like that, that's where the, the issue comes about with him is that the, the NFL is just kind of beating around the bush. You know, what's going to happen with him? And, you know, the other thing is there's no playoff, there's no preseason games this year for the NFL. So what kind of, you know, what kind of the impact gonna is this so going to make? Of course, the impact you know? is going to be, you know, it could be disastrous for all we know. Again, like you said, there's a lot of things that go unsaid and a lot of things that are happening, a lot of moving pieces. Um, but unfortunately, when it comes to the NFL right now, there's no end to the you don't know like that process it's, it's the of what's going to be going on this season. Yeah. You know, including the no preseason games, including the COVID. 
restrictions and uh, you know it'll be interesting this season it'll be a lot different than any other season but I mean that's what football is right it's different every year whether it's a new rule <laughs> yeah. a new virus it's it's it, true it doesn't really matter it's true and you know what the, having no preseason games the only really ones that it hurts is the the rookies you know just to be able to see what NFL football is like before actually getting into a meaningful game or even just trying to get your spot on the team like that's that's where it hurts the most i was okay with having two preseason games because for some reason the cowboys always go into the preseason and everybody gets hurt so it just you know that's That's i hate i hate preseason (laughs) and it and you know what Preseason, it's just so hard to watch. <laughs> no, but yeah, it you know what? Get like the, it does, I mean, this season it would probably get a lot of watching, which is yeah. kind of crazy. But yeah. unfortunately, it is what it is. We have a virus intact right now going on, and a virus scenario, I should say, yeah. going on right now. And uh, the NFL is going to have to adjust on the fly the way these other professional uh, sports organizations have done. Yeah. So before we get out of here, you know, we had other football going on when this happened. And that was the XFL, the inaugural season of the XFL. And when this whole thing went down, they canceled the season, and we thought that was just going to be it. Then it came out about a week later that they're not coming back. The XFL is done. They're Mm -hmm. bankrupt. It's done. Well, right before it went to an auction, the celebrity that bought out the XFL was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who obviously we know is connected with the WWE, is connected with all these sports, um, you know, agents, agencies, everything like that. And he went in with another company and they bought out the XFL for $15 million. So therefore, <laughs> therefore, there will be a season for the XFL next season. Um, it looks like Oliver Luck will be out as a, I guess, I think he was the, the owner or, you know, president, whatever it was for the XFL. He's out, you know, Andrew Luck's father. Yeah. Um, and it's it. Time will tell, as you said. You know, and the the thing with the XFL is the XFL is during the spring and summer months, so they have a lot longer to wait on this whole, you know, virus and other stuff that they have to get done. But I think the perfect person to be owning this league is the one that bought it, and that's The Rock. I, I think you know with yeah, I think the right man did you know absolutely is on that and. Uh, Hopefully the XFL, we see a new season, and like you said, time will tell. Yeah, but uh, that will do it. We'll be back next week. We'll let you know when it's <coughs> going to be. Uh, but, yeah, that will do it. I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on sports radio.